Hello and welcome to the PC Gamer Podcast. I'm Chris Thurston, video editor, and today I am joined by Tom Senior, news editor. Hello there. And Owen Hill, web editor. Hello. How are you, Owen? I'm very good today, thank you. Yeah. And you feeling all right? Yeah, it's a bit good. wet out, isn't it? It's a bit damp outside, but it's nice in the studio. You know, it's nice and moist. Yeah, it? it's got a roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so soggy right now. Yeah, Tom, you should have worn a jacket. I really should have. Why don't I might be a bit frisky today because I'm slightly, <laughs> slightly <laughs> damp. It's slightly damp all over. It's a bit horrible. Well, we'll see where I'll, that will dry off, dry off over the course of the podcast. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I thought we'd make a start with the Steam charts before we crack on to today's main business, which is obviously going to be E3. Um, and so we're obviously not joined by Graham. Who's we're the only member of the PC Gamer team who's actually at E3, other than Evan. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll crack on with the Steam charts anyway, in logical order. Starting at number 10 with the Game of Thrones RPG. Which is not to be confused with the Game of Thrones RTS-ish thing. Cyanide. Are they both by Cyanide? I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Or the Game of Thrones MMO, or the Game of Thrones board game, or the Game of Thrones collectible card game. Or indeed just the Game of Thrones. <laughs> or just the game, or the books, or the TV series. I mean, uh, we haven't played it. What's the what's the kind of news from guys who have played it? Is it? It seems to be getting pretty mixed reviews. Like people are actually quite impressed by the story, I think, mm. and the way they've managed to tie something into the Game of Thrones universe without it feeling really cameo-y or cameo-y. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. kind of just like doesn't pop going, up and go, "Hey, yeah, yeah, look yeah. at me, here I am." Um, but um, apparently, it's a little bit ropey around the edges, as as you might expect. Yeah. I think for something like that. It's set before the the books, isn't it? Yeah, um, I haven't actually read the books, so Tom might be able to flesh more light on this, but. Um, Flesh more light on this. <laughs> Flesh this out. Oh, we'll we shine some light. <laughs> um, but apparently, it's leading up to the assassination of John Arryn, which I think is the start of the book. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of that leads to the terrible political situation that uh, all the characters find themselves in at the start of. That, that's of a really good way of broadly describing Game of Thrones. Yeah, just a dreadful one terrible situation, situation to, to another. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess it seems quite smart. It, it introduces a lot of new places and a lot of new factions. As well. It doesn't. It kind of seems to be steering away from the traditional Lannister versus Baratheon kind of conflict that you see in the books, which is quite smart of them, really. Mm. Gives mm. them a chance to express themselves a bit in that universe without, as you say, getting too kind of referency about yeah. the whole thing. I mean, the second series on HBO is just finished, so I guess the enthusiasm for that has perhaps spurred this game to the, you know, that number 10 spot on Steam. Yeah, yeah. so my Game of Thrones is It's got a massive right finale on, yeah. the, on the TV, so that was Yeah, awesome. that was good. It was. It was very good. Best explosion. I don't know if anyone ever played the Lost tie-in game, but that's the worst I example of how, to, <laughs> how to tie something into the plot of it. Well, in that case, a TV series ever, where you were just this guy who was allegedly in had been in every major event in the <laughs> <laughs> but just suddenly, like the camera had been pointing away slightly when he was just in that, was that blurry there. guy in the background. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know, the blonde um, one. Yeah. So it's good that they didn't do that. Mm. As in anything. And at number nine, we've got Crusader Kings Two, which is on sale at the moment, seven pounds mm. forty-nine. That's pretty. It's a game that's just come out. I think Paradox is having a bit of mental sale right now. Yeah. There's supposed to be, actually tying this back, there's supposed to be an awesome Game of Thrones mod for Crusader Kings. Mm, yeah. yeah, seems perfect for it. It absolutely Maybe is. Maybe that's the reason that's doing so well. Although, obviously, it's got a big sale as well. Mm. But yeah, it's a, I mean, without spoiling it, it's at number nine and at number one um, because mm. of the amount of, that, that the sheer amount of sale. Um, and then at eight, actually, is Warlock Master of the Arcane, uh, which is another recent Paradox Grand Strategy mm. game, which is also £7.49. So Paradox apparently slashing prices on the yeah, there. Getting rid of everything. Grand Strategy things. That's the kind of Civ alike. Civ it? with Wizards, yeah. 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 Previewed it way back when I think we talked about it on a previous podcast. Um it was pretty it was okay when I played it. It was a bit ropey around the edges, but um I don't know what we gave it, actually. What do wizards bring to the civilization formula? Um well you know that late game of Civ where you nuke everyone. Mm. Like that all, all the time. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds brilliant. Yeah. Like oh meteors. So yeah. Giant magical flame. Or like healing units on the battlefield and things like that. Mm, okay. Um and like your 
magic is generated by like dedicated buildings whose only job it is is to generate mana. Churn out magic. So you have a sort of secondary kind of, in addition to the food and minerals and everything else you need, you also need to dedicate a certain amount of resources to having wizards. What happens in those buildings? How does one generate? Is it just a massive dance floor? They're all like research buildings. No, they're not dance mana. Massive, yeah, dance mana, you know. (laughs) Wizards just boogieing down. You're really going to have to explain that. Mana leaking out the windows, you know, bottling it. What do you think mana is? I thought you you milked the mana from dragons. (laughs) <laughs> is, that, is that not accurate? That's a horrible image. Yeah. Um, wh- where did you get this from? Just, you know, in my head, it's like a cow, but it's, it's, it's a dragon and <laughs> so, mana comes so out. So what the hell is a mana potion? <laughs> it's, it's, like dra- it's dragon's milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not really. So, so when you have like, you know, you're playing any RPG ever and you've got the red bar for health, well, that's blood, right? Yeah. And then you've got the, the blue, blue bar, which is dragon milk. <laughs> that, that's blue milk, why not? Oh, my black, my dragon milk vial is down. I can't cast a fireball. You've got to find a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a Skyrim mod waiting to happen there. Mm. What What is mana? It's supposed to be the food of the gods or something, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's nectar, mythology. isn't it? No, it's mana. Nectar's what bees do. Is it, is it mana or mana? <laughs> Basically, we know nothing about this substance. Or, we know nothing about magic or bees, yeah, apparently. No. No. Or dragons. Um, oh. So, like, dragons are magic bees. <laughs> <laughs> mana is dragon milk. Okay. <laughs> What's stamina? The green bar. Um, I don't know. That's that's just an abstract concept. <laughs> <laughs> however, Lucas mana aid. is. Yeah, <laughs> Lucas, Lucas aid. yeah exactly. That's what it is. Same colour. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yes. yes. Uh, number seven is Torchlight 2. That's not still like doing yet. well not yeah. out yet still doing well what I like about this is they've got I know that lots of games have done it but they've got that buy four copies for 45 quid mm. it's only 15 quid each, so you're getting one copy free and then you can share it amongst your chums and all play co-op together on launch day yeah. which is, which really is sweet isn't it? it's yeah. nice I kind of wish Steam had a better way of facilitating that rather than you kind of having to do the, the, the sort of paying each other with PayPal behind the scenes mm. to kind of make mm. everything balance out like I'm yeah. buying Frozen Synapse on a on a deal like that and kind of having to figure out how we're actually going to pay each other for the games. But if they had some way of just using your Steam wallet or something or pooling money for it, that'd be... Mm, that'd be really yeah, awesome that's a good point. Yeah. You looking forward to Torchlight 2? Yes, very much, actually. Um, I'm still completely hooked on Diablo 3, so we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think as soon as that goes along, I might just switch over for 20 hours and then go back to Diablo 3. That's what I envision <laughs> happening. Tom's played a lot issue. of it as an he's very enthusiastic. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. It, seems, it seems lots of the things that I've got used to in Diablo are kind of different in Torchlight, like the way you can respec however you want and stuff. Yeah, that's Torchlight is much more, you know, you've got to commit yeah. to I mean, we'll talk about Diablo in a bit, but that's one of my favourite things about Diablo. I think that's probably my favourite thing about it. Mm. So it's mm. interesting going back to just spending points in a skill tree again. I just want a ferret, and that's the thing I miss. I've got a ferret in Diablo, so whatever. Oh, well, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatevs then. Yeah, whatevs. All right, moving on. <laughs> Number six is Skyrim, a game we probably don't need to talk that's about. Okay. That's okay. It's a good game. Good. It's a good game. It's got a lot of dragon milk in it. Um... And it's got an expansion coming up. It does. Dawnguard. Yeah. More details on that at E3. Mm. Get to be a vampire lord. Indeed. So we'll talk yeah. about that in a bit as well. Or a Dawnguard. Or a Dawnguard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the more boring ones from the sound of it. <laughs> Every noon they're just like, it's okay, everyone. <laughs> Dawn. <We're> fine. <laughs> Dawn happened. It was cool. Everything, yeah, exactly. everything went to plan. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Sun came up. All good. Yep. Um, yeah, their job is easy 99.9% of the time. Guess where um, they live? They live in Dawnguard Castle. <laughs> Because they're the least imaginative order <laughs> in Skyrim. I live in Chris Castle. <laughs> uh, um, all right, number five. Um, Civ Five Gods and Kings expansion. Mm. That's not out yet either, is it? I think it must be available for pre-order now. Yeah. Um, which is the one that adds new religion mechanics to Civ Five and a bunch of other tweaks and changes and things. 
Nobody I guess said so. it's been quite a while since the last Civ expansion, so people are pretty excited about that, aren't they? Mm. Well, they've kind of dribbled out like little bits, DLC, like new factions yeah. and things, but this mm. is the first big thing they've done. Um, I haven't actually played very much Civ Five though. I was more of a Civ Four guy. Yeah, I haven't played it very much either. I did try and get into it, but um, I think something else was to come along and capture my interest. Mm. Normally, I get obsessed with Civilization, but for some reason, I kind of bounced off that. But so yeah, this is a good three-day thing. Into. You get your fill yeah. of it, don't you, and then come back at six months later and have another kind of campaign. Like, binge on it. You remember what it's like to fire a spaceship into space, and then you're done for another three mm. months. Awesome. Yeah, cultural victories. Yeah. Number four, interestingly, again, it's another Paradox Sale thing, but is Mountain Blade Collection, which is 15 quid for all the Mountain Blade games. The first one is very good. Warband's very good as well. Warband's very good. Um, the follow-ups, not so good. <laughs> like Fire and Sword at all. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really, really bad. I had to review that. And it was kind of depressing because uh, not only I think guns aren't necessarily that good on an idea in Mountain Blade anyway, mm. but they were just so poorly implemented and so unsatisfying at the sounds they made and the way... You, the, the, how clumsy they felt yeah. it was all just awful and clunky and didn't fit in at all with Mount Mountain Blade and didn't really follow through with this this idea that you're uh, leaving your own medieval adventure story and yeah, building yeah. up this army around you you kind of forgot about that completely and just put new toys in it which were rubbish it was like the thing about, there's always that risk in Mountain Blade that you'll take an arrow in the head and you're just done like, yeah. and that's it and that always happens in all of those games mm. but they're replaced but normally the time you can like see arrows whizzing past your head and it's exciting and you can sort of see it coming-ish mm. whereas when you replace it with guns it was literally just riding my horse riding my horse riding my horse dead pop yeah, mm. down you go. Yeah, like firing a one shot every fifteen seconds. It sounded like a party cracker going off as well. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of one of those things where <laughs> they're, they're um they're like close combat is really satisfying. It's really like clangy, and you know you've got things bashing off each other, mm. and you know there's this great physics system that gives you the sense of momentum. So when you're charging with a lance, you really feel like you're you're colliding into someone. And then they put guns in, and there was no nothing kinetic about it whatsoever. It was just a, a noise, and a man falls over, and there's no yeah, yeah. it's weird. But I loved Man Blade. I probably played about hundred hours. The first yeah, it's a fantastic game. It's fantastic foundation for something amazing that has never happened it feels like it could have been so much more yeah, those expansions yeah. could have turned it into something really extraordinary but it never quite happened I remember there's a bug I don't know if they fixed it yet for Warband where um, all the face textures on female characters are moved up like a foot so like someone's got a chin <laughs> oh, where their eyes should be uh, and like it actually stopped me playing that game with an <laughs> ATI card like, I haven't gone back to it since because it was literally like riding around and then occasionally you like see a woman in a town it's like oh god like, there's eyes where the hair should be and there's like an amazing backwards nose bug with a uh, maybe it's a Mass Effect mod where it just it replaced the sky texture with a, a character's face. That was texture. that was my the bug I found when I was using the enhanced Mass Effect two oh, features. Horrendous. And the, the backdrop in the elusive man's office became a giant Garrus's face. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> giant yeah. Garrus's face skin just took over the back wall. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was, anyway, um, so yeah, number three is Max Payne three. Yeah. So you've been playing Owen. I have been playing a bit of the. I I loaded it up and I enjoyed the intro. I thought this is this is reasonably classy. <laughs> and I jumped straight into multiplayer. <laughs> Played multiplayer for about an hour and a half. But I was I was enjoying it, you know. Mm. I don't think I don't think, I don't know how well Tom's getting on with it. Yeah, he's reviewing it for us right now, isn't he? Tom Francis is. Yeah, yes. yeah. So um we'll have his verdict in a little while. But yeah, it's you know It's okay. It's had it's had reasonable reviews, hasn't it, from mm. elsewhere. I was playing it at, um E three it was kind of my stress relief game, my mm. shoot guys in between like press conferences kind of game. And it was that thing is so strangled by its story all the time. It's just yeah. kind of it, absolutely infuriating. You'd, you'd walk five steps, then you, you Max would just walk along slowly and monologue, mm. 
and it, whenever he does that, this insane screen effect happens where all the colors separate and there's just random flashes and random yeah. colors, and it's just it's just it it's generally he switches to, to his handgun after every cutscene as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like come I'm on, done with a shotgun. <laughs> like you know, just chill out. And Karen holding the AK, but he always switches back to the handgun just to annoy you at the start at the end of the cutscene. <laughs> there's one. Um, the worst mission of playing the game for a while was in Max Payne Three, where a mission based on a pier where there's loads of narrow walkways hmm. and of course the whole thing about Max Payne is that you jump sideways miles while <laughs> shooting and if you fell into the water it was insta-death it just oh, cut God. to a cutscene where a guy shot you in the head yeah. and it was just who hell, who designed it who thought that this was a good idea let's put Max on some narrow walkways where he can't do any of his cool stuff <laughs> my entire thing is diving sideways exactly and yeah. you know, if I do that I die instantly well you guys have been out the office last week because you're working E3 time Mm. Um, but Tom uh, uh, Francis has been reviewing it in the office and he's quite vocal when he plays games anyway but him him reviewing Max Payne has just been like the soundtrack to the office of him just going oh come on (laughs) every 15 (laughs) seconds that's what I was doing Um, (laughs) mostly and he did actually mention diving sideways into the sea as well so Mm, yeah that was rubbish oh well well we'll find out what he thinks of it uh, pretty soon yeah he's played more of it Number two is Armour 2 Combined Operations, also known as DayZ. <laughs> DayZ. <laughs> <laughs> Plus some sort of military sim attached to yeah. that or something, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? This yeah. zombie game comes with a military yeah, sim. I don't, I don't know. know. No that. Going. Like, you know, obviously DayZ is completely awesome, and I get how much fun everyone's having, but I've put a lot of time into that and not had much fun now, mm. and I keep trying again, and I keep getting annoyed and it's just, I go to bed cursing Kate the day Z and then like five days later try it again and curse it more just because I'll find someone or try to find someone then die because of a glitch or, yeah. you know, because I'd be on a, zomb- on a server without any zombies without realising and switch servers then realise I'm in the middle of a city surrounded by zombies and die. And it's just, you know, it's awesome but hard. Yeah. It's hard to have fun. I found myself, um, I played uh, like a fair bit of one weekend. I haven't really had time to play since, especially because I don't want to play during nighttime because mm, it's, mm, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but um, I keep logging in every couple of days to like feed my dude. Mm. <laughs> like some kind of terrified, it's like weeping a... Tamagotchi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, um, I, I don't want to be slave to my virtual dude like yeah. that. I don't want to have to log in every two days to keep uh, this. Have you got beans or whatever? I've got, like, I've got quite a lot of beans. I've got, I've had my two good DayZ stories, which I might get into later, might not. Some, some, I, I go on Twitter, I was asking us to talk about DayZ, but I feel like we've talked about it a lot, but maybe we can keep going. Um, but having got my two anecdotes, I feel like I can almost <laughs> yeah, wait for the next my story. Wait for it to get a bit more stable, then go back in and get some more, mm. but like anecdote farming. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some sad news about that today, actually, hasn't it? Because, the hack, yeah. yeah, people should, if you downloaded the DayZ updater from the US Mirror, go to pcgamer.com and find our story about how to fix it. Yeah, because there's, there's be malware in that thing. Yeah. yeah. And number one, said this earlier, is the Crusader Kings 2 collection, which is the full Crusader Kings 2 plus all of its DLC for nine forty nine, mm. which is uh, just Sounds like a good deal to me. Yep. Mm. Paradox really pulling the sail lever mm. this week. As they want to it's do. nice to see a game about this entirely, extremely deep political backstabbing simulator at the top of the Steam charts. <laughs> yeah, and it's not mm. Max Payne Three. It's this insanely convoluted thing about establishing family trees and you know establishing really co- complicated trade relationships with people and then mm. betraying people. And it's, that that's I'm glad that's number one. Yeah, there's a lot of betrayal in this Steam chart. Yeah, there is actually. Isn't there? <laughs> betrayal. That's the theme of PC yeah, gaming yeah. this month. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of betrayal, what are you One of us will betray Tom? someone yeah. else <laughs> during the course of this podcast. Uh, I've been playing W3, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I've finally hit level 60 with my Barbarian and just made it through to Inferno mode, which is the hardest, the highest difficulty level, um, where everyone's been complaining that it's too hard 
and we can't do it. And, oh, God, no, please stop. Uh, so I'm starting to experience all of those feelings. <laughs> As I, like, um, you go into um, Inferno and in the very first part of the first chapter and all you fight for a short while are just useless zombies. Uh, except on Inferno, if one of those zombies gets like a glancing blow on you, it's just a third of your health gone right there. And I'm a wow. barbarian, a tanky class, mm. supposed to be able to take damage. And I just can't stand up to. The do, you get, do you get the feeling that's designed to be played with with a couple of chums and then call? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they actually they just top fixed it um, so that when more people enter a game, the uh, the damage that creatures do doesn't increase anymore. Oh, interesting. So um, their health increases, but the damage they do normally used to stack, so they'd be more powerful and they would take you down faster. They've removed that now, so monsters will be at the same strength, but you know they'll be just as hard to defeat mm. which is a really really big move for them and it's clearly geared at the high level stuff it's clearly geared at teams who are trying to go through inferno and just getting wiped really quickly mm. uh, it's giving those guys a chance to actually see more of inferno and get more item drops and stuff because um, the thing that you get at level 60 is the end game of diablo 3 just opens up because you get this mechanic called uh, nephilim valor whenever you kill a hero unit in the game you get one stack of this and it increases your gold and magic find and for each, um, if you kill another hero unit within 30 minutes, you get another stack, up to five stacks. So that can increase your gold and magic find. So you're finding like a thousand gold in, in vases wow. and every, every creature drops like between 700 and a thousand gold and they're all dropping mad, mad magical items. And the idea is that you get five stacks and then you go and kill the boss. So you go, you know, you go and kill the boss at the level, and then they'll drop legendaries, and they'll drop the very best loot in the game. Ah, I That's don't know, I the game. About that. That yeah, they've kept it quiet, but you know, people who are actually playing through it are suddenly figuring out what their intention is with this stuff, and that's really interesting. I find it interesting how the focus of Diablo has really changed. I'm level 55 now, and kind of getting towards the middle of hell, um, so catching up slowly, getting there. Mm. But um, like loot, trying to find loot in the game itself is pointless, like totally inefficient, trying to actually make craft things or even rely on drops from monsters. Like you save up money, you buy what you need from the auction house and you go back and it's so much more about like Twitch skill and your build now. Mm -hmm. It feels like every time I get stuck, it's because I've not really thought about my builds properly and Mm. that's been really, that's the satisfying thing about Diablo 3 for me um, is realizing that I'm dying because what was working five levels ago just doesn't work anymore. Mm. There's something sad though, isn't there, about not being that excited (laughs) about drops coming off monsters and stuff. Like, you know, that's part of it. That should be part of it, shouldn't it? No, it's been replaced by the satisfaction of bargain hunting Mm. on the auction house. Like, literally setting myself a budget and writing down the stats I want in the little filter and figuring out and getting these, like, awesome items that people just knocked up there for 4,000 gold. You just grab them and suddenly you're awesome. Yeah, I mean, Diablo 2 was about the loot. It was Mm. about, you know, you you did bosses to get loot and then that was the reason you did it. Like, the fights were less interesting than they are in Diablo 3. At high levels, uh, like, when me, Chris, and Tom were playing in the flat... Uh, together, we would start out comparing awesome items we'd found, and now we compare awesome boss monsters we found, like yeah. awesome hero units, because it randomizes the abilities they have. And you know, some of those abilities can really screw you over. Some of those can change the fight completely, hmm. um, and that's a really, really fascinating part of the end game. Yeah. I wasn't expecting at all. It's oh, like almost cool. like fisherman's stories. Like you <laughs> yeah. talk about the time, like I, I, this lunchtime, I was playing and I hit molten, frozen, um, mortar, <laughs> invisible guys with invulnerable minions and <laughs> just fucking run away. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> like, to describe what those guys do. So molten, yeah, they okay, so, trail molten. So molten means slack. they trail molten lava behind them yeah. and explode when they die. Invulnerable minions mean they have minions that do all the same things they do, mm. but you can't kill them until you've killed the main guy. Um, they were a kind of enemy, these invisible snake people that are invisible most of the time anyway. It's just part of their default set. Um, frozen means they create these little frozen mines that blow up and freeze you. And mortar means they have artillery that fires constantly. Yeah. And it was just, things at the same time. And like it was just, 
no thanks. I just <laughs> Bye. tumble, roll, there. tumble, run away, run away, run away, run it, away. It becomes almost bullet hell uh, yeah, it does, at those yeah, high it's... levels because there's so many projectiles flying everywhere and you can't mm. let them hit you because they're so damaging. And you have these dodge moves that are clearly built into the game to actually give you... It becomes like, like it's really intense micro. It's, it, yeah. it's like I get into a 20-minute fight and it would be this incredibly tense encounter where I'd be dod- just about dodging. I'd be like down to, it gives you an achievement for getting down to like 4% health and surviving. Mm. I was constantly getting that achievement, just being down to the very last drop of health. Suddenly the, my, the cooldown on my health potion would expire and I'd hit that and I'd suddenly have more health. Mm. Then I'd, I, the cooldown on my health regain ability would, would, you know, that would appear and I'd hit that mm. and then suddenly be back to life again. It was incredibly yeah. tense fights. It really reminds me, it's starting to remind me of when I started to properly try and learn StarCraft. Mm. Like weirdly, like it's gone mm. from being this kind of fun Right, like just clicky explode the monsters adventure to mm. like properly reminding me of when I was trying to learn to use blink stalkers properly. Yeah. And like um which is playing a demon hunter and tumbling everywhere actually feels kind of similar, like mm. trying to like having to move yeah, really yeah. precisely <laughs> and just stay out of range and, and stuff like that. Like taking down the butcher on hell when I was a bit undergeared, my heart was pounding. <laughs> like and it took me fifteen goes and that was a really amazing feeling. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll hit the brick wall with it in terms of difficulty, but mm. so far it's actually getting more awesome the more harder it gets. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. a cool game. What else have you been playing, Tom? Uh, I've also been playing. Mm, let's think. Oh, uh, Frozen Synapse. Oh yeah, that got it got a red expansion uh, recently. Which uh, the big thing on the box is that it makes the whole game red. Uh, <laughs> but more importantly, it's got co-op support. So there's a co-op missions now, hmm. and a new unit type, which is a shield guy. Um, if you haven't played Frozen Synapse, it's kind of like a turn-based Counter Strike. Um, which unfolds over 25 seconds. So um, you've got a team of dudes and your enemy has a team of dudes and you give your guys orders and they the enemy gives his guys orders and then the game will calculate what happens and show you how those five seconds fold, unfold and then you give your units more orders and it kind of goes, proceeds like that. Uh, and co-op is hilarious because being able to create these coordinated assaults with your shotgun guys and your sniper guys is incredibly satisfying. Um, but the shield guys make everyone morons <laughs> like the ai cannot deal with the concept of shields like yeah. they put shields into the game but they completely freak out if a, if a machine gun is running towards you and you just put your shield up and then put it down and then put it back up again and put it down again the shield the the guy with the gun just like goes oh i can shoot at him no i can't oh i can shoot at him no i can't and he gets frozen in place like raising and lowering <laughs> his gun forever see that's uh, a little bit disappointing because mm. the expansion is about shields and co-op. So you're going to be using those shields against yeah, the in AI. Co-op. <laughs> so you think they would have taken a bit of time to, to tweak it, but I'm sure they will over time and it's an awesome game. Yeah, you can get some. Uh, you can do some amazing coordinated stuff with the shields in co-op. Um, so if someone's got a shield up, uh, you can set a timer for how long they have it up and then have them like duck and it'll turn the shield off. So uh, you can have your guy guarding an entrance and then after like 1.5 seconds, he'll drop. And at that precise moment, your mate's shotgunner comes around and shoots over the shield. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's like, awesome. vanishes back past the doorway and then your shield guy stands up. And like, within that point, one of a second, you've just pulled off this awesome military maneuver. It's completely eliminated some guy. And that's super satisfying. Mm. It's just a, a shame that occasionally the AI is completely bamboozled by it. And if one of, one of your mates buys that expansion, you can both play the new mm, co-op that's even right. if you haven't bought it yourself. So that's pretty impressive. You yeah. can just kind of jump in. I think it's like $10, which is like, Six or seven quid, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, that's that's an awesome game. How about you, Owen? What have you been playing? Well, I was I played a bit of that Max Payne multiplayer, as I said. Just just to go back to it really briefly, the whole way the bullet time works in multiplayer, it is it's it's magic, isn't it? How can you slow down time for two guys and not anyone else? They just uh, move really slowly. Do they yeah. instance parts of the map? I'm trying to. But they only move out. slowly if. But they move slowly if, if you're looking at each other. But yeah. Is it like Cobalt? 
No, because it only slows down time for those guys. What? That's impossible. Though. It's not <laughs> yeah. impossible. They've done it. They've done it. What, it. what it actually does, no. all right, exactly what it does. Here's what it does. If you initiate bullet time and you're looking at someone, they go into bullet time as well. But if if you don't see the bullet time, then you don't go into bullet time. Okay. Like that hand clapping in the woods. <laughs> right? If a tree falls in the woods, it's does it go into, goes into bullet time? time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does anyone see him go into bullet time? But it's it's really, really cool how they've done it, but I still don't understand it. So like elsewhere on the map, people are still running around normal speed, but in this pocket of the map, hmm. it's like Schrodinger's bullet time, and like the only it's only in bullet time if you observe it as being in bullet time. And then you go into bullet time. Yeah. So everyone... But I guess, but I, I, I've never seen a situation where three people are in bullet time. But then I would know because if if I saw that guy, I, I, I don't, Chris. <laughs> so, uh, hang on, so hang on. If, if some guy's having a gunfight in a square and you're standing at the end of a street and you see it, and then you go into bullet time, then some other dude comes down another street and sees you seeing them go into bullet time. Do they then go into bullet time? Yes, <laughs> they, must, <laughs> yes they do. They do win the bullet time. So it's this chain reaction across the map where everyone slowly triggers each other into bullet time. It's, it's mental. completely <laughs> mental, actually. And the, the, I'm still trying to work out exactly. I mean, I kind of get how it works because it's kind of like the, the pockets in fear, aren't they? Because they had slow-mo grenades in fear yeah. in multiplayer. But you'd see everyone go slow. Exactly, and it'd be spots. like everyone would go slow at the same time. But anyway, whatever it is, it works in a, in a really, really clever way. I, I don't like the the kind of unlock system, which has taken me ages to get anywhere decent. Mm. Um, and Rockstar's proprietary matchmaking system and friends list completely sucks. But um, hopefully they'll patch that. But at the moment, after spending 45 minutes trying to get in the game, I couldn't get in the game with, with Martin, my friend. But more interesting, I, I'd say, yeah. is that um, Uplink... Right, mm-hmm. the old introversion hack, hacky game came out on iPad. Now, I downloaded it on iPad, but don't worry about that too much because then I went and downloaded it on PC because there's mods <laughs> and stuff available for yeah, it on PC. I mean, that's fine. And I've got a bigger screen on the keyboard. <laughs> and this is the awesome thing. So I went back in time to 2001 and found the original mods for Uplink, right? <laughs> All the, the, the most popular mods for this, this hacking game, Uplink. And here's what was cool in 2001, okay? Simpsons. Yeah. Fair enough. Futurama. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> mods. Okay. And the that you know those playing cards with all the kind of FBI most wanted. Someone modded those into them as well. <laughs> so, so basically awesome. like yeah, the mods are all come so, back to two thousand and one with us. And all the all the fan sites are full of like broken links to nowhere. <laughs> and all the all the all the kind of fan sites are really narrow and, and look really small on my mm. monitor. It's really sweet. Oh, I miss the old internet. Yeah, it's really cool so, going back and looking back at all these things. If you get a Simpsons mod, are you like hacking Homer's? You're hacking computer? the database, but all 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 the guys are characters from The Simpsons. So you're like Ned Flanders. I'm hacking his computer right now. I'm giving him a B in geography. Exactly, it is like that, isn't it? You're kind of giving people degrees and stuff. I didn't play it back in the day, and I I I think I think it's awesome. It still feels kind of fresh. I think the issue I'm going to get with it eventually is I'll see through all the magic and see yeah. it's just kind of logic puzzles. But until that moment, I am elite hacker. <laughs> <laughs> the mechanic of losing your, you know, if you get properly traced back, sort of losing your progress, got a kind of like roguelike mm. kind of aspect to it, which I think Absolutely, is kind of yeah. what makes it, and that's what prevents you from seeing the ropes mm. and how it's working for a while. And the tension of seeing your lines get traced terrifying. one by one yeah. right across the world map is just that is superbly intense. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you were searching a database and you kind of, you know, you can see it searching, and in the corner you see you've got 19 seconds, 
and then you find the guy you require with 12 seconds left and then you have to delete deceased and like mm. employed in eight seconds like that is awesome yeah yeah and the music's like that is so good and like that's that's a genuine kind of you know kind of sweaty palm moment it is and what it's created from is a timer a keyboard and you type it in the word employed but that's pretty awesome like fair play to introversion yeah it's a really cool game uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, so they bring out um, prison break, no, prison architect, architect in a bit, mm. so hopefully that'd be just as awesome. Yeah, it looks crazy, like yeah. toilet plumbing in a prison yeah. to make sure people can't, like, hide things or kill each Sneaking other. Sneaking yeah. into uh, it's awesome. bunk beds and stuff. Looking forward to playing that. Yeah, it's good. Um, play, Chris? I've been playing, well, I've played Diablo, which we've been talking about already. Mm. Um, getting back into Skyrim, which I won't talk about too much because it's Skyrim and everyone knows what the game is, but... I keep rediscovering it and finding out that this amazing best game in years game came out last year. Mm. And I knew, appreciated it at the time, but other things came out and I played Tor for months and coming back to it and realizing that game's really, really, really good. It's great. Um, and Bit of Day Z as well, mm. um, which, as I think I said earlier, I got my stories out of. Um, I hid on a rooftop lying completely prone because there was a bandit on another rooftop. And I thought if I went down the ladder, he'd see me and kill me. And I waited there for half an hour, and then he fell off the roof and died. <laughs> and <laughs> I nicked all his things. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yep, all the beans. I was online at the time, um, and we were on voice chat, and trying to meet up in that game is the hardest thing you can do, apart from survive. Mm. Yeah. Um, because you don't have a map. And there's like we were trying to use landmarks. Oh, no, I'm near the greenhouse by the shore. Oh, I can see a greenhouse. Oh, mm. we must be next to each other. We but weren't. five hours later, <laughs> <laughs> no. we, were, we were running yeah. away from zombies. I thought I'd go and save you, and I ended up getting chased and murdered. Yeah, but like, you had this, uh, this streak of incredible fortune. On, it was like one of your first playthroughs. Yeah. Like I went straight into Electro, which is one of the cities. And if you talk to veteran players, they don't go don't in. Go just don't go there. No one and I just there. walked through the city. And this is before they had, they changed the bandit skins, so that you could. And it was just full of bandits. And I was just walking past them, like going behind them, playing it like thief. And just I went into the church, which is all full of stuff. Took all of the things in the church mm. and then left. And oh, then I was talking to some guys later, and they were like, "What?" And I was like, "I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> just boop, boop, like just just hustling through that town." Mm. I don't care in the world. Got legendary have you actually first. found each other? Have, have you nope. guys found? <laughs> nope. um, I think I've starved to death in a bush now because I uh, ran out of beans to feed my Tamagotchi. Damn it. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, an sniper rifle. Fired it once. It was so loud. Every single zombie came. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. My last <laughs> Firing experience. that gun again. I, mean, uh, I remember you and um, some of our other friends got together and I was trying to meet up and it was a night and you can't see anything in Daisy at night at all. Mm. It's literally pitch black unless you turn all of your contrast and all your brightness up on your monitor and stuff yeah. and in the game, uh, which is ridiculous. And even then, it's just this kind of weird, trippy, blurry outlines and mm. things like mm. but by the faint moonlight. And uh, my last experience playing Daisy was trying to meet up with Chris and, and pals and just running up this endless hill into this endless forest that there was no civilization anywhere near with 20 zombies going behind me and I just kept on running and I was bleeding and I fell over and then I just like I was just kept on running out of blood and falling over and then just seeing these blurry zombie shapes climbing up the hill towards me then I get up and then I just scrambling again up towards the top of the hill and then I got to the top of the hill I think oh, maybe I'll see a village maybe I'll see players and uh, just the vista opened up before me and it was just hills and forests and there was no human light and it was just despair <laughs> just pure I'm going to die on this hill uh, I'm going to bleed to death or I'm going to turn to a zombie yeah. and that's my overriding experience of Daisy yeah. Not, it's like, but it's, it's a nice see, I don't mind doing that if I'm doing that with someone else I don't mind us mm. both being to death together but I can't <laughs> strangely intimate and when I did find Rich I found Rich in one game and the connection was so dodgy he was just kind of glitching all over the shop and trying to sneak around zombies 
if someone's popping back and forth like 10 meters, push, 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 push. Like, are you behind me now? He's like, I'm right behind you, mate. Can't you tell? It's like an, on my screen. You jump yeah, yeah. place. Yeah. I had all my respawned and I was trying to find you, I think. And I ran through the countryside for miles and miles and miles for about half an hour just running up into this hill. And I came back and I ended up running in a massive circle because it was basically the only thing I could do because I realized I wasn't finding anything. So I thought, I'll go back to where I started on the coast and just try and go from there. And I went all the way back to where I started and got immediately shot by someone else who just spawned. And they shot me, but they didn't kill me. And I think they were probably new. And they came over to loot me, but I got my life back or something. So I just unloaded a whole clip into them <laughs> from the ground. But and then we bled to get de to death next to each other in the road. <laughs> that was worth it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. GG. <laughs> I think I'll go slightly mad when I play that thing. Like, like yeah. I spent like nearly 40 minutes lying in a garage and there was nothing else in the garage. I was just like, I'm safe here. I'm going to stay here for as long as I can. And I, like, what was I doing with that? What kind of a way is that to spend my spare time? Yeah, lying in I'm going to start a new garage. life in these woods. In this, in this tiny, <laughs> tiny garage. Yeah, that's Daisy. Should we talk about E3? Yeah. It's about that time. We were all doing the E3 We all news. did the E3 chain. Train. Yeah. The train. Train chain. Train chain. Yeah, we were all on train. Train, 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 train. Uh, we were all gone mad, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, went, yeah. I went quite mental. So, yeah, I think the consensus from this year's E3 is that it was not a brilliant show in terms of excitement. No, I had its moments. I think, yeah, there was good stuff on the show floor, especially for the PC mm. um, this year. But the outward, like what people tuning into E3 would see, was just mostly dire. <laughs> like yeah. the, mm. most of the major conferences and the stuff they were saying, the way they were trying to communicate with people was just misguided and horrible. And you know, yep. uh, there's so so few games there, and the games are all kind of you know predictable showings of games that might actually be awesome but they they were shown in weird ways like the, the two major showing which was mm. kind of blood and guts and gore on this narrow walkway and that game surely there's going to be it's, it's a two major game there's going to be exploration there's this open world island and loads of stuff they haven't shown of that um but yeah i guess we should cover like the biggest games yeah. of e3 well, what were your what were games tom did you think Watchdogs was the one that yeah. popped out massively. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And it was at the end, it was getting towards the end of the conferences on the first day, and it was the end of the Ubisoft conference, and they just wheeled this thing out and didn't say what it was, and this was such a well-guarded secret. And it was just this dude investigating this club in this futuristic Chicago in a trench coat, and he's hacking into people. He's wearing a trench coat. Chicago's not wearing a trench coat. <laughs> Chicago was not wearing a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. And he's hacking into dude's brains. You know, he's got his smartphone out, and he's, as he looks around the room in this club, he can see people's like medical histories and their criminal histories and like their names and yeah. you know how many children they have and stuff like that and uh, he's doing this investigation into uh, he's got to assassinate someone the leader of an art exhibit and he eventually does this by going outside into these gorgeous rain slicks streets as um, you know this wind blows his trench coat around him and then he hacks into the traffic lights and changes them well, at the right, before the right that moment. he hacks in and he realizes they are they are hunting you down, aren't they? They're on route yeah. to take you out. That's right, yeah. And you're right. Sorry, carry on. And then, uh, yeah, you change the traffic lights and it causes an enormous car crash mm. uh, that, you know, swallows up the guy, the artist who you're supposed to be assassinating. Mm. And uh, then this it, massive shootout breaks out where he pulls a revolver out of his coat and starts sliding over cars and shooting people. And then a, then a gas station explodes. And uh, it was just really exciting. And it's this big open world game of subterfuge and cybercrime and, and alternative Chicago which has basically sold me on the idea of that game itself. yeah and then later you did a story about that was actually involving other players wasn't it that had some yeah the very last moment of that E3 demo the live demo they did um, uh, this message appeared over, above the player's head saying you're being hacked 
uh, and then this, this loading bar happened and then the, the view pulled back onto a nearby rooftop and there was another guy there who'd been hacking into this other player's brain and you know people when we were watching it at the time we thought oh so is this a game where you have multiple t protagonists and you switch between control of them to do missions uh, no it turns out that um, the designers revealed later that that was another another guy another player in the same world Zomg and uh, you know they, apparently they all had their own missions and they were kind of crisscrossing oh my god I was yeah. like this sounds ah, like it sounds so good <laughs> yeah. it sounds really facile but like it, I kind of I, I'd forgotten what it was like to see a new IP yeah. mm -hmm. it was really weird like, I remember like we were on the live blog on the site and I was like this is they've really redesigned Rainbow Six <laughs> and because I, I just couldn't accept that it was a new thing they'd said it was a new thing yeah. I was like no it isn't yeah. go on you bizarre pull yeah. the other one when they like, were bringing up the, the thing to kind of to hack those traffic lights there were like loads of options as right, well yeah, there yeah. was so many different things you could do mm. Mm. apparently um, uh, one of the things the designers said later at E3 as well was um, you know you can you can scan people's brains and see what they've been up to and they say well some people you scan will have controversial things about their past and you might want to go a bit vigilante and kind of take it take out your own personal sense of justice on those people and we won't judge you but over the course of the game the city and that city's media will judge you so apparently there's gonna be a kind of weird pr battle <laughs> going wow. on as you're wow. going about your crimes and stuff that so. um that intro about corporate control of information and access and rights to information thing was yeah. kind of hilarious <laughs> yeah uh, i think someone said at the time they're like oh the they're trailer. trailering their new drm <laughs> yeah it, it, like that. It, it seems like a you know i think it was the only game that the the console guys were getting excited about really mm. apart from assassins i guess but it's not actually confirmed for console at <laughs> no. all no, it's not this generation yeah, yeah, yeah. not um, this generation so. although i think eve game mode did say that it was going to come out on the xbox and stuff mm. and it was running on um Unreal engine three yeah three so was that ue3 no yeah, it was uh, oh well um i know that's the new Star Wars game was on UE3, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Super Dogs was, uh, that was running on PC at E3. Most of the, a lot of the demos at uh, E3 this year were actually running on powerful PCs mm -hmm. uh, rather than console kits. So that's an interesting turnaround. You know, uh, a lot of them tend to get played with controllers for demo purposes. Mm. Um, but these were were actually running from mm. PC machines. So well, that's the kind of that stuff. That was, I think, the most exciting thing about the C3 was getting a little glimpse of what. Obviously, in PC you don't have generations, but we're so bound to what the consoles can do at any given time because, mm. you know, there's very so few exclusives on PC that you kind of you know the graphics you know the, the graphical fidelity of games won't leap up another leap yeah. until the consoles do and it's kind of getting that sense of what the next consoles are going to look like was still exciting from PC point of view because it's like the, you know imagine what ours are going to look it's like it's really interesting mm -hmm. because like this is the baseline Nvidia and uh, AMD has, uh, have been pushing and pushing chip you know GPU speeds and stuff like they're 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 making incredibly powerful graphics processes that are just generations and generations beyond uh, the consoles so essentially we are at that stage where we have the tech that could be that could be the next generation but it's just mm. not being used by software developers at the moment because they're tied to this console generation and that's yeah. what's going to change over the next two years so that's really exciting getting the first sense of what it wow, is it's gonna look this is gonna look great like and um, yeah epic uh showed the first video of their unreal engine 4 as well mm. which is a, a very impressive tech demo which is on the site at the moment um yeah. showing some of the new rendering stuff they're doing with that and that was just gorgeous I was like, mm, yep, can't wait to play. But super, Here's super, that. super like those old tech demos you got with like voodoo cards. Yeah, I remember <laughs> in, that, the, yeah. in the in the late nineties, early noughties, where it's like always some kind of weird, super generic <laughs> fantasy really castle, yeah. like yeah. or or like an Egyptian temple. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's some weird logic that says it has to be this kind of weird, kind of banal yeah. fantasy, faintly mystical. Kind yeah, of like, yeah. Ooh, balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. balls reflecting off each other, yeah. going underwater. Yeah, exactly. like yeah. <laughs> underwater reflective balls. Next generation. <laughs> sand. We've got sand. Yeah. yeah. So oh, a exciting. demon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you mentioned Assassin's Creed 3 looked good. Yeah. Um, that was, I ended up, when we did our pick of the show, I ended up picking it partly because I'd, I'd, I'd missed the uh, 
billing that we could actually list things twice. But um, <laughs> um, I think they did a good showing for Assassins, given we haven't seen much of that game. Mm. I really, really like E3 demos that show you how, what the game's actually going to play like. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And the whole central section of that demo where it was clearly that's what the little hub villages are going to be like and those are the sub side missions you're going to get and you're going to go off and kill deer and do fetch quests and things. I don't mind that stuff. And that gave you that sort of... Yeah, that helped the things in that demo that did seem like, like a huge step forward feel more real. Like the, the way they've done traversal and climbing is amazing. Like the yeah, tree climbing tree and stuff like that. And that did look genuine. Like you could see the hooks and you could see... Holy shit, the actual game they're making, given everyone else is so reliant on doing super, super staged things. Yeah. What did you think um, set this apart from previous Assassin's Creed? Uh, was it, did it give you the same buzz that you got? From well, it's kind of nice to have it paired back again. Like, um, Ezio's, like, skill set and gadget set gone really, really, really silly. Yeah. And bringing it back to, I mean, there's new stuff in there, like the bow and, and things like that, and, mm. like, like, the sort of grappling hook thing as well. Like, um, but bringing things back a level and back to kind of just this is, you know, what, how this works and mm. you know you've got a few gadgets and a new character and stuff and that's that's exciting and also i think they've they've fully moved on from it being a stealth game um it's never been you know assassin's creed one it hasn't been for a while um it's more about positioning like it's more about like um like an action getting in with a bit of kind of where positioning is very important because you're vulnerable mm. but you know it's more about being like you know a guy a, a badass that can climb things than it is about being necessarily yeah. stealthy do you think um, the new guy seems quite, uh, the new protagonist seems kind of terse and a bit unlikely? He's totally going to be. Like, you're oh, so easy again. to call that it wasn't going to be like yeah. XCO2. You're not going to have like a wisecracking Native not. American guy no. who's really delighted that his people are being I'm not, <laughs> kicked, <laughs> yeah. kicked into the corner. Like, I'm going to miss that though, I think, about yeah. that, game, that sense of humour. Um, I wonder where they'll get the humour in in that setting, to be honest, because it's also serious yeah. and kind of. Um, there were scenes of um, like their cinematic trailer and uh, showed him charging into a battlefield. With, and like avoiding gun lines and mm. then jumping above them with a bow to assassinate a general <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Is that going to be in the game? <laughs> well, they've said that um, they've, they've kind of come up with a whole series of mechanics about those gun lines because wow. they realise it's such a part of the warfare of that period you can't mm. not do it. But apparently it's dynamic and if you get a certain amount of guards together they will form a line. gun line. Mm -hmm. um, right. and, but they can only fire every two minutes because yeah, that's realistic. Times, yeah. So every two minutes you've got to have some plan to get out of the way because mm. you're, you're dead if, if it hits The one you. they showed in the demo had him taking Bullet, a human shield. Yeah, yeah, so human shields, diving behind rocks, mm. you know, jumping up and climbing something or something like that. that those are all ways around it but like I like the idea that that rhythm of combat if that really comes in that you have to have this little clock ticking in your mm, brain yeah. that every two minutes you've really got to have a way out that's awesome actually yeah, and that's, that's really kind cool. of mm. a, good, a good expression of what it's changed into from being a stealth game to being this kind of like reactive planning game where mm. you kind of which I think is completely appropriate to being yeah, I'm not even sure the first assassin. game was a stealth game, really. I mean, they, no. they, I think it's the way they, they pimped it out was as this social stealth, social stealth and all that stuff. And then you got in and it was just, I don't know, just charging the stab dudes and mm. the, the fighting's kind of broken. So the counter yeah, yeah. wins the, the entire game. Then, I, then Brotherhood was broken as well because you had the, the ball kick move uh, <laughs> that recharged before the enemy could recover. Uh, yep. So, yeah, you could get a string together an infinite no, series of needs to the nudges. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah kill the end boss with that. <laughs> Comedy end to the um, game. But also, I mean, they've, they've only ever made that counter move more ridiculous as the series has gone on. You've yeah. seen it in this one where he, like, the counter move now just like kills everyone, everyone around yeah, you. Like, mm, nuts. Um, yeah, so that's good. Um, and what would you pick out for me three this year? I guess Watch Dogs was pretty cool as well. I quite like the Assassin's pi piratey action that I saw. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 the Sony demo. demo, yeah. Yeah, the Sony demo. That was pretty cool. I mean, it was it was kind of cool. You could feel it was Assassins, but it did seem generally different. And the water was pretty awesome and good looking. Yeah. I mean, the game I haven't talked about is Dishonored, which, mm. I mean, to be honest, this would have easily been my game of the show, I think. Yeah. Um, but awesome. I had seen the demo that they showed that sort of came out, the videos of I'd seen that full demo when I went to see it a few months ago. 
um, for a preview then. So it kind of doesn't stand out to me as an E3 game, but I think that was one that really won the show from being new and being really cool and really finally getting a bit of attention, which is nice. That game actually, that demo actually showing the game. It was yeah. just like, here's the same level and here's two ways you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Two completely different ways as well. So that's the exact same demo you saw a It's exactly the same demo, yeah. It's, it's one some, showing um, off for a while. Horrifying things, it's like they're, they've got this shredder grenade um, oh god, that thing's horrible. Yeah, which is just um, it's a tiny thing, like uh, that he slams on the wall. And if a, a guy goes past it, it's just basically uh, a bundle of uh, wrapped up pieces of metal that kind of and the elastic snaps on it and just like throws them out into the guy's face. And it completely shots people up, and they just disappear into this red mist and bits oh. the yeah. You can you can, you can attach it to rats as well. Oh really? Yeah, you can attach it to rats and send a rat swarm, mm. and um, it has much the same effect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we've talked about Dishonored before, but you know. we discussed on a previous podcast thing after I'd seen it. Yeah. Um, but I'm that's easily my most anticipated game of the year. Mm. Um, they really, I mean, well, I guess I, I like I don't want to see any more of it because I want it spoiled. But given it's the same demo, they keep keep trotting out. Mm. You know, it'd be interesting to see what else of that game. I mean, the, the I mm. thought the E three trailer um, had loads of really cool environments in it, mm. um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. seeing how that all fits together. That's uh, is it October? That's out. That's out in October. Yeah. yeah it was, that's I think it's going to be. Could, should be one of the hits of this year hopefully mm. I mean you couldn't get a better creative team behind it I don't mm. think like Lead Guy Dersex artist from Half-Life 2 like. yeah. yeah and uh, Dark Messiah Might, Might Magic was a fine yeah. game yeah um, exactly it is, that, I really love Dark Messiah yeah um, it's not quite as silly as Dark Messiah like it's, <laughs> Dark, Dark Messiah it's, was... it's super violent but it doesn't have like a, not every corridor has a log trap in it like, Dark Messiah was really slapstick yeah like, the whole story was like deliberately kind giant of, magic like, shoe yeah exactly <laughs> oh, here's, a, here's a plate of spikes yeah put my boots in it um, but that's Good. Okay, so what what were your favourite moments in this year's E3? Silly moments or? Well, I guess we've got to talk about the uh, the Carmack <laughs> moment. I people discovered what Carmack has been up to yeah. for a while. <laughs> Great. Basically, John Carmack said that um, after finishing Rage, he wanted to treat himself to something, so he went and bought a virtual reality headset, then took it home, <laughs> realised it sucked, ripped it apart, like literally ripped it apart, and made his own and started making his own. And now it's got to a point where he's got something to show off, which is still just kind of tech held on by some skiing goggles or whatever. <laughs> There's literally masking tape on it. Yeah, so it's, it's literally it together. stuck yeah. together with duct tape. But um, it's actually incredible, really awesome. And the reports mm. that we've got back from people who've tried it, um, some of the guys in the office got to try it on and play Doom. Well, the three. New, yeah, the, the new, new Doom, Doom 3. Oh, yeah. Doom 3, what, what they call it? Yeah, two or three ultimate super edition or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they got to play that and said it was might not be what it's called. Sorry. <laughs> super mega demon bomb edition. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, there's, there's there's some amazing videos of Carmack talking, and it, it's just so cool, isn't it? You get you give him something to say, mm. and then you can just sit there and, and bask in in the he, incredible yeah. intelligence that he spouts out. It's amazing. He gives you his entire honest thought process from start to finish about how he's come up with this thing. Yeah, and he was talking about how he, he you know. Previous de- devices he felt failed because they failed to match the latency of the human brain, which, according to him, is 0.2 milliseconds. Or something like <laughs> yeah, that. that's right. So he's like, "Well, I figured this out, and then I decided I'd just, I'll just go ahead and make it." Yeah. But this yeah. is a guy who's designed rockets in his spare time, and he's a kind mm. of judo judo master as yeah. well. Like he's he's a very. I think that the best thing term. about this industry and this this whole game sometimes is just getting those people to the, the forefront. Mm. Almost every other kind of entertainment has like really, really super clever 
guys making CGI work in films and, and doing all that stuff. But I think this is basically the only time we'll ever get that guy front and center just explaining why this stuff is awesome and why it's brilliant that he's just figured out yeah, how to make virtual reality headsets work properly and, and all that stuff. Like, And he has this extraordinary enthusiasm. And I think the thing is about the Carmack thing at E3 was it really summed up this E3 because he, he was hidden away in private sessions in a, yeah. a behind-the-scenes booth. And that's really all the awesome stuff like Planet Side 2 and Armour 3 were, were, were all in those small booths like mm. here and there, like not that not playable to the public. and. Uh, that's the stuff that should be on the stages. That's the mm. really exciting stuff about games that should be up there, and it shouldn't be some guy from Nike like vomiting yeah. corporate bile at yeah. the audience. And, I, mean, I, I did watch the, the other the, the kind of console conferences, and they genuinely <laughs> totally sucked. Yeah, like the best thing was probably like Nintendo showed a bit of Pikmin, which is all right, but yeah, other that, than that, that it was, a, was a complete train wreck. Yeah, it was just so so lame. And as, as you say, Tom, you know the highlights. If you someone said what happened at E3, they would all be. PC demos or interesting things like Carmack spoke for twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's the kind of stuff that makes that, that makes that show exciting. Now, it's amazing. It, like it was these massive developers and there's so much money behind them, like Microsofts and your, uh, you know, Nintendos, and they, they came out and they delivered these speeches with these buzzwords. So they just don't understand how to talk to mm. the people watching at all. They no. don't understand. It's just colossally misused their audience. Yeah, but you know, it's it's a trade show. But it's not really a trade show because the only people watching it are, are gamers. And it's not, you're not talking to your investors. Mm. So why are you breaking out talk of brand synergy and all this nonsense? Yeah. Like yeah. Night guy doing his Wii Fit thing. Yeah, I think someone actually said the phrase engaging with brands. I think it was it's, Ubisoft it's, had that thing about, you know, oh, we found damn. new ways to allow our consumers to engage with our brands. Like, I have never willingly engaged with a brand. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can tell you that now. <laughs> like, not, sorry. Do you want to engage with my brand? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, and I love random dancing. And it's one of the things that gets me through E3 is my, my just <laughs> g- genuine affection for people dancing for no apparent reason. And I think it should have more of that. Mm. But um, I totally agree with Graham that it should be, you know, games developers up on stage randomly <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Um, like, but you can tell that the energy in those rooms just gets drained away every mm. time they do something like that or every time they have the awkward pretend casual conversations yeah. which look like they're happening in like a therapy session or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Are you having a good E3? I'm yeah. having a great E3. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so what have you got for us? <laughs> they showed a lot of great games through weird lenses. Like they showed FIFA 13, like they showed as a Kinect demo. Yeah. It's like, what, mm. what are you doing? <laughs> the people who are interested in that sport don't don't give a damn about this camera yeah. that reads their mind. Well, I thought it was, I was really excited when Shoot Mania showed up. Mm. Um, we may awesome. have a question yeah, about the status of our right now, but like Shoot Mania, when CL in the year, it, played, it was really good fun, really, really enjoyed it. It's like Rocket Arena, but they've really worked hard on getting into spectator stuff, right? Yeah. And yet they managed to completely balls up mm. demoing that effectively, partly because um, I think they chose a game mode that wasn't especially exciting to watch, mm. but also they decided that it had to be a boys versus girls thing for some reason. Like, there yeah. was absolutely no reason for those boys versus And it was a bit crass, like most things at E3, and like a bit sort of off-putting, frankly, that suddenly they've met, decided to make, to bury this genuinely interesting PC-exclusive competitive shooter under at least three extra layers of nonsense. It looked like a primary there. school exercise. Everyone just sits down in their groups and they yeah. play this stupid game and have this horrible banter and the game just gets lost beneath all this. Fluff. Yeah, exactly. Like whenever they have an the interesting, they they're trying to be a bit more like the kind of conferences, aren't they? They're they're trying to put a little theme on it, put a bit of human excitement on it when they should just be showing off this awesome PC game. Mm. And the people who did that succeeded, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you can't make a computer game exciting, mm. then you might be doing something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you think? Yeah. 
Mm. But there were awesome games that you but the plenty of awesome. I think I think I don't think it was a enough negative experience actually. I think I think if you if you only look at the big stuff, yeah. Mm. But if you look at the fact that the PC was the quiet hero of E3 this year, just chugging away, really, running everyone's really next gen yeah. demos. The PC um, powered E3 this year, it really did. I mean, mm. literally did. I mean, the, yeah. it was PC CPUs and motherboards doing the work. And um, and Graham wrote a, a really fun post for the site on the basically the morning of the second day of E3 called um, the the press conference the PC gamers deserve, which mm. you should check out on the site if you haven't already, because it just basically runs through all the trailers of like this is why gaming is exciting. This mm. is you know. These are the reasons to keep caring if E3 made you a bit bitter and jaded about the whole thing. Yeah, the whole circus. But, um, you know, Valve were there, but they weren't really doing anything there. They just yeah. announced the CSGO release date and then, you know, wandered around, talked to people. Um, and Blizzard obviously weren't there. Mm. So there are huge players who are doing massive things in PC gaming and they, they yeah. just weren't represented. Oh, yeah. It's, um, so uh, it's a weird conference for PC gamers. Look forward to Gamescom, though, because we'll be mm. closer to release dates and people will be showing more. Yeah, of their next year's lineups and stuff. So that that'd be interesting. Did you guys watch a lot of the Planet Side Two streaming footage? Sort of it. Mm. Um, the more I see of that, I, I I still kind of I'm slowly believing that's going to happen and be yeah. as awesome as it is in my head. <laughs> like I keep thinking, oh, if I see a live stream, I'll be able to see through the the cracks. But they don't seem to be that many cracks yet. Maybe the mm. only thing I can think of is of bases being a bit generic feeling when I saw multiple different bases. They were I mean, they were like that in the original Planet Side, though. Mm. I mean, it's that thing where like Planet Side was way too ambitious for what could be achieved really realistically and did yeah. remarkable things for 2003. And whether or not technology has actually advanced that much, like it's mm. been something that's been on my mind recently, especially with Diablo. Whether yeah, internet connections generally are good enough for what game developers want to do, like Diablo basically proved that it's a great idea in principle, but most people's internet connections are a bit wonky and don't work all the time or go down or whatever and mm. just pe pisses people off so i really hope planet side can just be this magical thing that does everything that you want it to do but exactly yeah that's that's yeah that's exactly what i mean you to be honest if i get one or two cool moments out of it then then i'll be happy yeah, to yeah, quite get a pc gaming server up and running and actually getting some clans together and mm. you know that'd be awesome if we could do that yeah we'll do lots of things i'm sure when it comes to we'll, get, we'll definitely we get a clan up and running yeah. yeah um i'm trying to persuade rich to play terran he doesn't want to because he wants that reaver ship that the which one? You can clomer it. Terran are black and red, which is why we should be Terran, because yeah, that's, that's yeah. game of colours. So, the, and then Rich wants to go the yellow and blue guys. Because he? they've got a, a aircraft he likes. But he's also got this, he came on Google Talk to me and said, I've, I've planned it, I've planned it. You're the gunner in my Reaver ship. <laughs> and I was like, what, a static gunner in your Reaver ship? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no chance. <laughs> he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to drive the equivalent of a bus. <laughs> to and fro from battle, yeah, safely and on time. <laughs> that's what. That's what. I that's the thing. To. That's the brilliant thing about Planet Side is, like, you know, in in our office we've got a lot of different tastes, and you know, mm. we got people who, you know, want to play bus simulators. Like, we should get Tim Stone <laughs> yeah. to drive the bus <laughs> in Planet Side. Like, yeah. And like, it's the one game that could potentially bring everyone together. Like, I like flying big, slow things, so mm. I want to fly the galaxy. And that's all I want mm. to do. And we get the shooters. She's a guy. You know, Rich's ability to snipe really well. Mm. You know, all the things are brought together mm. in tribes, but yeah. more than that, and like yeah, get yeah. everyone just doing the little jobs. I love the idea of Tim Stone being our bus driver. I think Tim Stone should be our bus driver. That would be <laughs> that just would extraordinary. Be he would yeah. be the best. He'd be the most valuable player every. Yeah. I, I just want to be really valuable, but not actually in that much danger. Yeah, I think we all want that. <laughs> it's like real war, really. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the cook. I want to be the chef. Basically, because we all want to do this, like none of us have actually volunteered to be frontline fighters yet. It's going to yeah. like mash. Be behind the game of mash. So like, what's the helicopters are coming what, what's in? Is... He wants to fly a Reaver, which is like a fighter bomber thing. Well, he'll be doing. Yeah, but he'll be back on sorties. Yeah. 
It'll be, it'll be the flyboy that stops back after a mission and goes, hey, look at you guys. Who do, how many have you killed today? And we'll be like, we're saving lives, Rich. <laughs> we're just going to do a sitcom. <laughs> we'll just do a life. sitcom back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, oh, really we will fail so hard at that game. It's a game that just basically, you have to stop yourself from just running away at the fantasy of playing it. Which yeah, is, it's yeah. a really good position to be in for, the for them. Guys, yeah. their, their demos have been really impressive. Uh, it looks beautiful for mm. what it is. It's just my brain can't pass the fact. That, I can't imagine that working with no lag. And yeah, there'll be I mean, no inconsistency there. And yeah, no, same so, you know, exactly. But, when yeah. is it due? When is it actually coming out? I don't think they've said. No, um, we're still working on it. And, you know, no beta announced date either, yeah. Are we giving away? We are, yeah. I was going to pimp it. This current issue of PC Gamer, issue 241, which is on shelves now, it's got Elder Scrolls Online on the cover, um, has um, priority access planet-side two beta codes in it, um, which they, they haven't announced the beginning of the beta yet, but if you register that on the planet-side two site, it will get you'll get in in the first wave, basically. Yeah. So it's probably the best best deal going for, for one of those keys at the moment yeah, um, so they're in, they're in hot demand I think we've just had to ship off basically the last 10 copies we had we literally in raided our own office for copies of PC Gamer <laughs> because we're running out <laughs> we're probably running out of those so pretty popular mm. um, yeah no, that's really exciting I want the game to be as good as it should be yeah me too yeah I'm so excited about that. should we move on to questions from Twitter we've yeah let's do, today. let's do it really? hey. oh, the brilliantly named Wadley Hobbins asks Xeno Clash 2 thoughts go yay it's all yeah yeah uh, Xeno Clash was a, uh, a, for me just sticks the, the image of that images yeah. from that game stick in my mind of that extraordinary world and, mm. well, uh, like the, the fighting was kind of alright um, but for me it's just getting to the next location to see these crazy weird new characters and mm. the new mythology that, that built up around that um, it's got co-op hasn't it the second yeah it's got co-op um, and and it's like a full Full co-op campaign, so it's, it, I mean, so for, sorry, I mean full co-op within the main campaign. Yeah, so, so it's separate. Play the whole thing with the Yeah, yeah, which That's is awesome. which is cool. I mean, you had NPC companions at uh, points in uh, mm-hmm. it, in Xenoclash, and that was pretty cool because they could hold dudes and you could smack them up. I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's oh, a lot. So you were able to then co-op. I, th- I guess so. Yeah, I mean, there's Presumably, a lot of space yeah. for them to build on that and make it really fun, kind of double teaming guys with ridiculous flying kicks and stuff yeah that punching cool. pigmen in the face yeah punching dudes in their beaks that game was so weird it was really weird yeah. that's what I loved about it <laughs> that, that, in that trailer was, was sort of 50% quite boringly voice acted plot stuff and 50% weird <laughs> <laughs> I dig this like weird. a giant hand <laughs> hooray <laughs> yeah that's why that'll be cool cool oh uh, Luke Brinkler says thank you for my planet side to beta key you're very welcome Oh, actually, this is he's basically just asked what we've just said, which is after Blizzard's failing the Diablo servers, how do you think Planetside 2 will fare? I'm worried. Yeah, I'm as worried. we have actually um, said, yeah. Worried, but uh, I'm optimistic because, you know, the stuff we have seen running has, I know it's been on kind of closed beta stuff, but it's running and it seems to be doing well, though it's probably on incredible connections. Yeah, or, or just in an office somewhere. Yeah. Like, exactly. Local, like, PCs right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. I really, really hope it's awesome. <laughs> as with everything that's all, all I want all <laughs> all things. at present we've got no ever done saying it's not going to be awesome but yeah apart from us being uh, cynical it, it's definitely yeah. worth Darren it's definitely it. worth you know moderating your, your expectations a little bit to kind of you know not be heartbroken if it does end up be a little bit laggy yeah. <laughs> the first part side was a bit laggy mm. which everyone still had an amazing time mm. so yeah excited. okay uh, Julian Hurd asks having played uh, Sword and Sorcery EP uh, which is the Super Brothers thing that was originally out on iPhone mm. and then just came to PC recently I reviewed it, actually. Um, do you think other games underestimate sound design when they create their game worlds? I think a lot of games do this extremely well, yeah. and people don't necessarily notice that they That's do. That's what I was going to say, actually. Yeah. It's, it's the most underappreciated part of game mm, design. Definitely. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how to add to that really. But, um, in that sword, and, that was the thing with sword and sorcery was it's like completely linear, isn't it? Like, yeah, but I mean, it's it's built as an EP. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah, a sort of yeah. maybe thirty percent adventure game, thirty percent art gallery, thirty percent electronic album. Yeah, um, and as such, kind of. The thing about doing that is it kind of evades criticism on any of those points because you can go, oh, it's not that, it's a bit linear. Oh, but it's an, it's an, it's an album, not yeah. a game. Like, you know, and mm. you go, oh, it's, you know. How did they convert the touch interface over? Not brilliantly. That's what I marked it down for, actually, mm. um, because it's really tactile on a phone. Like, if you go into a fight, you flip the phone vertically and it changes the interface. Mm. Um, and that sort of thing's really nice. Like, there was a bit, there's a bit in the game where you have to um, rob two rainbows to solve a puzzle. That's not really a spoiler. And on the phone, it's kind of obvious that's what you're doing, because yeah. and you have to rub pretty hard. But doing that with a mouse just doesn't feel as good. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Like on a big monitor, properly high res, it looks lovely, like really, really, really nice. Mm. But for me, it didn't quite make up. Having you know already done everything in it on my phone, um, it didn't quite make up for the for the loss of that sort of tactile. It's, it's one of those things where like the sound design in that game is really front and center. You're always yeah. playing it for that reason. Um, but loads of great sound design is is really about how games sell the impact of something and you know that, that precise moment when you're firing a gun in battlefield and you're hearing it echoing off nearby buildings mm. and it's really subtle stuff that you know many games do really really well and it just kind of subconsciously feeds into your uh, mm. how it feels to shoot that thing or to perform that action Diablo 3 is the perfect example of that yeah, Diablo 3 is about things going blag and other things going <laughs> and other things going Peggle's a good one as well yeah. Peggle's yeah exactly. I mean Peggle's kind of like beats you around the head and face with yeah. sound design though when you win <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Peggle's like every just giving game. you sweets it gives you more and more sweets until you're sick until you, until you <laughs> vomit ode to joy all over you yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I think every game should, should end with ode to joy to be honest rainbows yeah rainbows mm-hmm. everything. that'd be great uh, Tectonic L asks, will there be, or rather, can there be any more single-player DLC for Mass Effect 3? Yes. Both, yes to both of those. Yes, yes to both <laughs> of those. I think, it, obviously, they won't do stuff after the ending. I appreciate people here haven't necessarily finished it, so I won't, um, we won't talk about the ending at all. But, um, yeah, there are plenty of hooks where they could insert things into mm. that game. Um, done loads people like Rich will always continue to buy crates for months forever. Yeah. yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Um, we jumped back into Mass Effect 3 multiplayer for that, new DLC it's still really good it's really, still really, really good I really like Mass Effect multiplayer um, and they've been adding loads of free stuff to it like they've added loads of new races and the races are kind of nuts you could be one of the Vorture now yeah. these tiny like goblin like creatures yeah. it's kind of screech and are really annoying yeah. Um, and yeah they're in the game now <laughs> yeah the most clearly villainous race in the Mass Effect yeah. universe there's no way they could be good guys but there they are fighting against the yeah yeah and the Cerberus guys with the awesome whips yeah giant um, whiplash like Iron Man whiplash whips yeah um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. The thing um, about the game is, like, we keep going back to it, and even though we know it's really good, every time we go, that's really good. Like, yeah. as if it's still surprising that a single player, mm. a, a traditionally single player game, could have a, a really awesome multiplayer mode. Yeah, I mean, you don't associate Bioware with uh, multiplayer shooters, and there's kind of a lot of weird prejudice yeah. floating around there where, you know, you think of Mass Effect as a purely single player experience, as this great story that you're into, and then it turns out, oh, actually, this is really really fun multiplayer mode attached to it as well and that actually that does shooting sniper rifles that's a really satisfying thing to yeah. do in that game it's my favourite thing um, I just unlocked the Krogan Vanguard which they added I think in the last DLC thing who's like Vanguard's like teleporty melee guys and Krogan's just mental and he laughs when he does melee and he laughs more when he goes into like a rage mode which is yes. do three melee attacks in a row so he's just constantly laughing and everyone can hear it on the map. Mm. Like wherever I, I just go off by myself and just sort of, you know, punch the biggest groups of enemies I can find, just punch everyone to death. Mm. Uh, I don't think I've fired a gun once. Like, um, and, um, and, but everyone else in the fighting elsewhere on the map can just hear this sort of just, <laughs> <laughs> like, awesome. he's just having the best time. Have like, you bought any away. crates in Mass Factory? Um, I had like 160 
um, Bioware points left over from mm. from some previous bit of DLC for Mass Effect 2 or something. So I did buy one crate for that. Yeah, exactly the same for me. I've never had an urge to pay money for. I wouldn't it. pay yeah. more. No. Like Richard admits to spending about eight quid, so he's probably spent about fifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I see. It. Rich played um, th- this. Uh, the crate system is based on a FIFA. Is it a FIFA? There's yeah. a, uh, there's a FIFA add-on. Yeah, game, like that. It? It's, it's like a bit like the Ultimate Team thing. That's isn't right. It? Yeah, FIFA Ultimate Team. Yeah. Because I need put money. I need put like buying quid into that, TF2 keys. Basically, if, if you show Rich a crate, he will spend as much money, money as he needs to open it. Peter Molyneux has that man <laughs> yeah. over a barrel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Is Rich going to buy a fifty thousand pound chisel? <laughs> well, you would if you could, I guess. But yeah, you should explain. You this. should explain this. Yeah. So, um, so the first of um, Peter Molyneux's games with his new studio, Twenty Two Cans. Which is basically doing 22, 22 social experiments. And the first one's called Curiosity. And it'll be like an MMO where everyone is persistently chipping away at a giant black cube. Mm. And the best thing about this is it sounds like a Peter Molyneux idea. Like it sounds yeah, like a tweet. Yeah. Um, people are chipping away at this cube to find out what's inside. And it's supposed to be an experiment about um, A, monetization. You can buy. Uh, different values yeah, of like, chisel. So you can, you can spend 59p to get a chisel, which is. 10 times better. Yeah. Like. I, yeah, I think it's like a thousand times more better, but you're right, like a slightly better chisel. But then you can, there's one chisel available, which is a hundred thousand times more powerful than the basic chisel. Mm. Now that costs 50,000 50, pounds. <laughs> now, you st- everyone said there's no advantage to tapping away. The only point of that is that when it gets to the last ever tap of the cube, only one person gets to see, to quote more than you, Something amazing, something <laughs> completely unique. So only one I person. I hope it's his balls. <laughs> yeah, gets to see that. Right? <laughs> Giant, smiling, golden yeah. Peter Molyneux face. Yeah. So yeah. If, if if you're there when it's under under a hundred k taps, kittens. and you've got the mega mega chisel, then you'll get to see it. That's the advantage. But mm. if you hit it when there's one thousand, no, a hundred thousand and one taps, yeah, then you'll hit it once. Then old Jimmy Gennaro chisel. <laughs> It's gonna get. It's gonna get to see. Gonna get to see Molly News. Oh, bloody Jimmy Gennaro chisel. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying Jimmy Gennaro chisel is gonna see Molly News secret. Yeah, secret. <laughs> secret place. Thing. Yeah. But you know, this giant box. Peter says. He says. I do think this is interesting. Don't get me wrong, and it's interesting because he's gonna do 22 experiments, and each of these experiments is gonna inform his final game. Right. That's gonna inform. His final project, which he makes out of these 22 games. But he says, it's not a money-making exercise. <laughs> oh, God. Give it to charity, then. Exactly. Give 49k to charity. Terrible. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. the thing is, and I think the, thing, the reason it's genius is Peter Molyneux is very, very good at talking. Hmm. And the great thing about that, the way that's set up, is whatever happens, there's a story there for him to tell. Like, if it's a total disaster and no one buys it, it's a story about people aren't actually that curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst story ever. Um, and if, if, if a whole bunch of people, you I'm know, chip in to buy the $50,000 £50, chisel and they buy it and they keep the secret for themselves, it's a story about communities. Yeah. And if one person buys it, and then shares it with the world. It's like a Robin Hood story. I, and like, I, whatever he, whatever <laughs> happens, he will have a way of turning it into this emergent. Aren't people? I've just unlocked the secret to the he, it's to a, human it's nature. It's a giant box MMO. It's a big box, people. <laughs> Lots of people attack the box. Do you know what's going to be inside the box? Twenty toucans. I like right. He actually said this. He said this to. I think he said to Edge. He said, um, "This after saying the unique quote, he said, there's something unique.'" Something, something amazing, something completely unique. Then he went, 
I'm, I promise I'm not going to tell anyone. As if he's saying, come on, journos, come and make me tell you what it is. Because yeah. that's what he always does. He goes, oh, I shouldn't be telling you this, but... And then he, t- he, he lets out his The thing is, he's sort, of, he's sort of inviting people trying to get around it by hacking into the servers and stuff. Mm. Like, not anyone should do that, mm. but, mm. like... That's a much better way of getting... Like, it seems to be a more efficient way. Like, unless yeah. it's sort of... Unless Peter Molyneux, like, he just gets your IP address and then comes around to your house. <laughs> worst prize ever like you get to the center of you get to the center of the cube and it just says look out the window <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> god alright I freaked myself out oh, I freaked myself can we, out can we move on we watched Prometheus and what you just said was way more scary yeah, than that yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, yeah whatever you do um, run sideways from the, the, <laughs> the thing is about this box thing um is that we've spent like 10 minutes talking about it and that's the purpose of the box thing is yeah. that everyone's going to get talking about it and, it's, and that's why it's a social experiment because people just can't help themselves. Yeah, but I think that's, that's the thing is it just it's a story generator. Like whatever happens, I mean, even cynically from our perspective, whatever happens, there's probably another story to be told if about nothing that happens, game. I'm not writing that story on Peter Gamer. All right, I'll write it. <laughs> okay. I think it's, it's intriguing how it could inform a final game though. I mean, he's, if, if that works out, say someone does, you know, not share it with anyone, then in his final game, is he going to go, None of those cubes, that didn't work very well. No cubes in the, in the game. I think, like, the thing is, well, is, like, the mechanic itself is kind of interesting. Like, this idea of, like, because it's basically kind of Dota. It's, like, last hitting, right? you got to be the uh, you got to try yeah, and yeah, get yeah. the last hit. Like, There's only like, one last hit Line involved. Luck. Yeah. Like, Line it's basically yeah. last hitting, but through, like, it's basically Peter Molyneux's Dota. <laughs> <laughs> I don't th- I've taken one thing from Dota and, and, <laughs> and made it about people. It's not, it's like, not even like that. It's just complete yeah. randomness. Yeah. I like the idea of if people form clans to attack the box. <laughs> and then uh, at the end, you know, they're down to one block in, in this box. And they, they have to dis- they nominate one person to see this thing. And the person they trust the most gets to see this, this mystery thing inside mm. it. But there's lots of potentially interesting things that could happen. How, how long do you think it's going to take before it gets totally shattered? Is it like a, a ten minute thing ten or three minutes? minutes? It could just be one of those things where, you know, like how ARGs never really work because mm. communities just solve them instantly, yeah. unless they're artificially hard, in which case the people who make them secretly solve them and pretend yeah. that the community's on it. Like, it could just be like that. Like, he completely misunderestimates, sorry, George Bush, um, how how much hit, how many hit points the cube should have and ends up like, look <laughs> yeah, at my bow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. I've, I've, oh, so we're just going to push go now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to that guy who bought the fifty thousand pound pickaxe. You aren't even logged in right now. <laughs> yeah, that was a waste of money. <laughs> something amazing, completely unique. That's what he said. Right, we'll wait and see. What anyway, happens. yeah, I think we're. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is very. How did we get onto that from mm, Mass, Mass Effect Three DLC? Boxes, 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 boxes are the yeah. key. Um, oh, there's one for you, Owen. Craig Lee asks. Just wondering how Owen's transition to the magnificent world of PC gaming is going. Is well, he totally I, converted? I've been, I've been here for like two years now. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, to how's be, it going? To be fair to the shop, yeah, it's, it's going really well. And I think I am completely converted. I use my PS3 for watching movies and my girlfriend streams legitimate versions of Mad Men to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm 100% PC. Thank you. Lovely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> And uh, Perry Smythe asks, what do you think of the upcoming Shoot Mania Storm? We kind of covered this earlier. Um, there is a really good trailer for it, which I was really That trailer about. was very good. Um, and those guys are... Mental. Mental. And, but they, uh, they, use a, they use a created stuff. 
uh, their tools for doing that seem really exciting. Yeah. Um, to see what community builds up around that. I mean, Trackmania's got a phenomenal community for just making stuff and, yeah. and applying that to a shoot is great and it's nice to have that kind of old it was, it was a real shame that um, Trackmania 2 wasn't free to play, I think, because mm. um, that's what that's the boost that thing needed to get that community mm. and it hasn't quite happened for them, I don't think. I'm sure a lot of people are playing it, but it could have been massive. Yeah, I mean, when I went to see it, the, we generally had a bunch of... Um, you know, game journalists from lots of different places, all in the room, kind of a bit sort of ready, to, willing to be convinced, but, you know, being a bit game journey about it. By the, um, by the end of the sort of afternoon, we were all kind of whooping at each other and convinced. establishing massive rivalries and awesome. hunting each other down and dueling and stuff like that. That mm. was, felt like the good old days. So hopefully it'll, it'll live up to that. James Folks asks, do you think it's okay for developers to present long scripted sequences as gameplay in previews at E3? No. <laughs> uh, we've talked about this earlier as well. Yeah. Um, like even Watch Dogs which got me really really excited I mean that would be really really scripted mm. uh, like mm. it, it could easily turn out that that game's just like super linear and it isn't like that at all but you know if that's what they've shown then I'm excited about that the idea of that game but th that, that wasn't the worst culprit I mean there were far worse examples like Far Cry 3 I think had a really weird showing yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I think expressing I think in their defence expressing an open world game is basically impossible somewhere like E3 um, like we're talking about being liking the fact that Assassin's Creed actually showed gameplay simply because it suggested that there might be side quests, it didn't show them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no one's ever going to just go, I'm just going to play this game for 15 minutes. Feel free to watch. Mm. Like it's always going to be punchy, punchy, punchy. People have done that actually. Um, so that was the, the Skyrim demos from back in the day. Where oh yeah, it's literally just like, yeah. I'm going to play this, shout out if you want me to do something. And, <laughs> and that's what people did. But yeah. I guess that was obviously late enough in development that they could support that kind of, um, yeah, that kind of presentation, to be fair. Mm. I mean, I understand that, like, too major again, but, you know, they're, they are going to show the action sequence, the, like, the Uncharted bit from that game. They're not mm. going to show the jumping around bit, but I think they could have shown that because they could have at least done a little montage of it, just showing, like, three or four or five minutes of it, just give us a sense of what the yeah. game itself mm. is like in general. The, the only bit that annoys me is when they, they assume that you, you can fool us by putting someone in, you know, in front of a game with a control pad in their hand. Yeah, that annoying shot-in-shot shot of someone holding a pad. Yeah, like that's like, convincing. <laughs> yeah, you know, Reddit picked up on a couple from the console conferences where the pads weren't on or were on originally, but then went to the, into the disconnection stage, oh, yes. and they carried on playing and whooping at each other, and it's just so frustrating. Mm. You know, playing us for fools, basically. Yeah, I mean, all you want to do is see what the game is going to be like, and a, whoop, like a dubstep trailer. It's yeah. going to be fun for two minutes. It's not going to show us anything. There was less dubstep than I expected this year. There was. There lots, mm. of, lots of bows, lots of fighting dogs. Not mm. much dubstep. Mm. <laughs> E3, in E3. a nutshell. <laughs> not as much dubstep as we as expected. We, we, E3. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Garfield Loken asks, just wondering about your thoughts on Battlefield Premium and whether mm. or not expansion packs are the same as they used to be. Ooh. Ooh. Two questions there, really. Yeah. Should talk about Premium first. So how much is Premium? 35 quid. Same price as the game. For a year's dollars. subscription, I assume. So it's five um, expansion, little mini expansions. Yeah, and you get things like a new knife, some bonus camo stuff, uh, some new dog tags, and uh, priority access to servers, I think. So it's not actually a long-term thing like the Call of Duty Elite Service. It's more no. of a, it's not a subscription tick, service. tick the box to be a premium dude. No, it's a one-off payment to get the next yeah. year of It's a bundle stuff. deal on DLC, basically. Yeah. yeah, but it's DLC that's not out yet. Mm. And no one really knows about half of it. I mean, mm. that's the that's the problem. It's actually to pay for something that you have no idea what it is. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's and it saves you about I know tenner probably, and is ten pound worth it if half the things you're getting out of that deal turn out to be duff in a year's time? Mm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Or sure if you just get bored of Battlefield. Or you just get bored of Battlefield. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the hardcore fans 
who are really, really into Battlefield and know they will be playing that. They'll play every piece of DLC. It's a, it's a good deal for them. They get to save a bit of money, I guess. Um, for most people playing that game, uh, you know, the publisher is, or publishers are always going to try and get you to pay for things that aren't haven't been reviewed yet, that no one's seen, mm. uh, because it could be it, it could be any it could, it could be crap, yeah. and mm. they've made you pay for it. And I'm not saying that Dice will pull out crap DLC packs because Back to Carcan was awesome, <laughs> but um, it's just a, a, a danger as a consumer if you're buying games like don't yeah. buy stuff. If you're buying it sight unseen, yeah. you know, yeah. lack of anything. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes me uncomfortable. But uh, the stuff they showed of Armored Kill was quite exciting. I mm. thought. Um, so they show what well, Arm Killer is going to be the huge vehicle centric pack that's going to come out later this year, I think, kind of autumn time, and that has the biggest map in Battlefield history in it, and like three other massive maps, and it's going to be all about the vehicles, and it's going to have uh, an AC-130 gunship in it, uh, which enraged some Battlefield fans who thought it was just going to become Call of Duty because it's an unmanned bomber bomber craft. Yeah, and uh, they described how it worked. Actually, it sounds quite interesting. You capture a base on the map. And the AC-130 uh, AC spawns as soon as two gunners jump into it. And then it takes this uh, predetermined route around the map. And it's up to the planes to defend it. And it's, it's quite easy to shoot down. So there's um, it gives jets something to do. That's I'm really, really excited about that, given that flying jets has been my battlefield thing since the game came out. Yeah, like, exactly. you finally have an objective other than controlling other jets. Mm. I mean, that's um, that it doesn't feel like jets' ground attack capabilities are, are like that strong. Like it's not, it doesn't feel like that's what you're doing. The they're really, really good if you've got a teammate laser designating. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. that top-down missile attack yeah. is really good, hmm. but um, and it's really satisfying as well. And you, you feel like a hero every time it works. But like with most battlefield things, it relies on a level of teamwork that I think ninety percent of players just will never hmm. will never experience. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. The, the number of public servers I've jumped onto, and no one takes the laser des designator. Thing. Yeah. Was it the? Was the? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. So, so flam. flam. Yeah. No one. No one takes that thing because um, it, it's a centre for clans and really organised battlefield teams love it, and you're not going to see that. So it's good in that sense that it gives those guys more to do. Also, it looks spectacular. The AC-130, mm. like the bombing attacks, look amazing, and it's got the proper kind of angel uh, chaff thing yeah um you know the uh the massive like yeah the, the thing they used to throw off missiles where uh, the, you see if you google ac-130 you'll see these uh famous pictures of this, this kind of angel-like shapes spraying out of them and they've they seem to have nailed that so that should be quite spectacular i think mm -hmm. and that's really exciting that's far more exciting uh, for us as pc players because i think those maps are going to be bigger and better supported on pc than they are on the consoles can't yeah. see them running that well on those when that news came out it made me go and watch videos of desert combat again which mm -hmm. is the Battlefield 1942 total conversion uh, yeah. that most people actually think inspired them to make Battlefield uh, 2 okay, as a modern warfare game, mm. um, which had a fully palatable AC-130 in it. And it was sort of a thing of going back and thinking, once upon a time, people just did barrel rolls in an AC-130 <laughs> under a bridge, <laughs> and that was games. Uh, yeah, um, it's an interesting decision not to, uh, to make the AC-130 automated. And that's sort of the thing that's really annoyed people because that's mm. the thing they th they think it ought to be Call of Duty, but it's not. That's ridiculous. I think um, yeah. it's not a kill streak reward that just flies over and obliterates everything. I think it's a, it's a sensible way of preventing it from suffering the same problem as every other jet in Battlefield, where mm. someone takes off, flies into a pylon, yeah. explodes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, crashes into a helicopter. Yeah, indeed. Um, and on expansion packs in general, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, it goes without saying that expansion packs almost don't exist anymore. It's yeah. Semantics, mm. really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, DLC versus expansion pack. You know, expansion packs were called this because they used to be retail objects that you go to a store to buy, and now they're just things you download. And mm. uh, it's just a, a new word for the same thing. But some, like DLC has a much wider range. Like a, a DLC could be one item in a game, or it could be like Dawn Guard, where yeah, it's yeah. like this whole new quest and these whole new things. And it's just, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit of a hard debate to get into, really, because 
sometimes developers will use the word expansion pack and they'll mean DLC and sometimes developers will use the word DLC and they'll mean expansion pack and it just comes down to the size of it. Yeah. Uh, unless we invent a new word like ultra DLC or something. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> ultra DLC. So it signifies big DLC, something worthwhile then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also, it's one of those things, ultimately at the end of the day, you just, if something is worth the money to you, buy it. If it's not, don't. And that's the, the risk of premium. That's what we're saying is yeah. that, you know, they're not expansion packs, they're map packs, really, mm, yeah. if you want to get into semantics. Like, they yeah. are, you know, sort yeah, of five, maps, five maps each or four maps each. Four, they said 20 maps total, so I guess it's four mm, each. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a decent-sized map pack with a bunch of other guns and vehicles and stuff in it. If that each one of them is worth how many quids to you, then buy it. But I don't I don't think that idea that there's an expansion packs exist and they're 20 quid, that just doesn't happen anymore. That's just gone. Yeah, it's, like, it's an old retail model. That's the thing. It's hangover from that. Here's an interesting question. Daniel Price asks, are there any console-only franchises you would like to see on the PC? Ooh. 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 We're getting Dark Souls. Um, so that, I'm happy yeah. with that, even though oh, there's some worrying things at E3 about the, dark, yeah. about the PC port. Really candid things. Like, like, this is really hard. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so weird, wasn't it? He actually used the words, it's a port of the console version. It's like, don't say that. <laughs> that sounds like console port, doesn't it? <laughs> you've, just, you've just triggered this comment thread. Yeah. <laughs> to the bunker. They said they were having, I think they admitted to struggling with problems with the frame rate. And they're basically prepping people to expect those problems in the, in yeah, the game, which yeah. was really Hopefully worrying. Hopefully someone would have to mod it, but then with mm. Games Windows Live as well. Anyway, in answer to that guy's question, <laughs> I would like to see um, the Forza series on oh, PC. Yeah. Mm. Good call. That's a good call. Like, um, I, yeah, I really like it on, on Xbox, and I think it would benefit from that extra level of sheen. Although it looks nice on Xbox, it's kind of... You know, the cars in the menu is very different to the cars in-game, and if those two were exactly the same, it would probably be well, it'd be an incredible-looking game. I'd like to see Bayonetta come over, because mm. mm. that's an awesome game. And awesome we just game. don't have enough... There's hardly any awesome like, Twitch action. Yeah, Platinum to like bring games out on the PC in general yeah, would, be, be, be awesome. would be awesome. We're getting, um, like, in that genre, kind of genre, we're getting the new Devil May Cry next year. That mm. was announced recently. Um, but, you know, Bayonetta's really crazy and sens- sensational. Um, it would yeah. be lovely to have that on PC, just kind of hmm. get people into that. I'm probably going to say Halo, because I don't think there's a comparable series on PC, like in terms of big, expansive, operatic, sort of Space almost optimistic shooters. sci-fi. Hmm. Like, hmm. Um, I don't know how well it would work on PC. I think it's, it's been really, really, really tuned for a console, that game. And I don't necessarily necessarily even want Halo, maybe just like a, hmm. uh, you know, obviously the first one came out on PC. Yeah. But... Um, the thing I like about that series is, you know, big, massive, open vistas and huge spaceships in the distance. And there isn't mm. really, that I can think of, an equivalent on PC, even though the PC could do it better. Um, it's really weird. I mean, you, it you does get, space grandeur very well. You, you get, like, linear shooters with awesome views. Like, I, I still love Bulletstorm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, because I feel like what I want from that kind of corridor shooter, essentially it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Uh, what I want are these insane views that I've never seen before. I want to see yeah. a a dam imploding in on itself. I want to see. I want to be chased by a giant spiky wheel down a highway yeah. on the back of a truck. Uh, and you know that's the stuff I need to happen to me in that sort of game to keep me interested. It's got mm-hmm. to be this bombastic, insane stuff, not just another military shooter, lots of explosions. Yeah, yeah. I, that's. A, I, I think that's a good call. Um, but specifically, I think I think the PC would be able to do Halo better mm-hmm. than Halo, and mm-hmm. Halo's you know model with the kind of big open arenas with freeform FPSing through it. There's like, more some stuff in it, like in those multi- multiplayer modes. I love the um, the giant uh, Halo Three with the giant elephant. Kind of, it, there's, there's one of the map packs had that, yeah. Moving, moving fortresses like um, these oh, vehicles yeah, yeah, where yeah. it would be kind of like a, moving castles basically that would fight yeah. each other. Like I was like, holy crap, this is this is yeah. really. Interesting. But whenever someone moved one of those, the whole server just lagged, so <laughs> yeah. no one ever drove yeah. them. It's like get out of the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, PC has huge open world FPS 
yeah. by the spades. It's it's just somewhere in that middle ground where it's got that kind of pulpy kind of edge to it as well. I really like yeah. it's not hardcore military sim. It's um, but it's not a linear corridor shooter either. That's you know that'd be nice. Mm. A bit more of that. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what mods would you like to see made into full games? Uh, asks Draco Silver. I'd like to see DayZ. Mm. Um, Armor has a bigger map, but it's not the best game engine, which is interesting because. There's something about that. I think the engine's extraordinary, actually. Like, yeah. technically, it's, it's amazing. And it, it can support huge amounts of people on the, on the server quite happily. It's just it's things like the user interface and the controls are really clunky. It almost feels like stuff that's very quite fi very fixable, I'd have thought. Uh, this this feeling of... It doesn't feel that like responsive when you, you press a button and you go prone. It's, it always feels like there's that split second where yeah. it's just not happening. And uh, There's this basic sense that what you're doing is a little bit out of your hands, that it needs to be fixed. But I think the engine's kind of... It's not conventionally beautiful but it does these extraordinary vistas like and it probably it will show you everything and they're accurately modeled on real locations and stuff like give you an entire island to play on that's why daisy works because it's just this enormous island it's great yeah. use of that tech just space i think there's quite a few minecraft mods that could feasibly do well as full games like mm. maybe some of the more adversarial ones and stuff the ones which involve you know the bow and arrow one where people are kind of having a little war while <laughs> oh, yeah. building forts mm. So I think if someone really polished it, it could be nice, couldn't it? Like I like the idea of building and defending what I've just built against other people. There's um a, a kind of Minecraft alike. Uh, I think it's, is it House of Cards? Or something? I can't remember what it's called, but um, it's like Minecraft, but it's a war game. Everyone mm. has rifles, and you uh, you build tunnels through mountains to try and flank your enemy and stuff, and build forts to. And it's basically a war game. Yeah, that's cool. And that's really, really, really awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see that turn into a full full release. That would be awesome. We shall remember what it's, what it's called now. I'll put it in the links on the uh, yeah. in the post. I generally can't think actually because the only one that keeps coming that. back to mind is Natural Selection, um, ah, which, which is is, is coming in as a full game. It. Have a look at that; it looks really, really awesome. Yeah, should, Evan, I think was very get, impressed by it. Yeah, we should get into that. Mm. Massive um, like I loved the first Natural Selection hugely, yeah. and and I'm just chuffed that that is becoming a full game properly. Mm. Eventually, maybe they've rebuilt the engine from scratch and all this like, stuff. Every done. now and then, I watch video for um, their latest update. I'm like, holy crap, this looks brilliant! Yeah. Uh, I'm like. Should get in touch immediately and try and play. We game. should, yeah. yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Let's get into that. Okay. Uh, Matthew Thuma asks, "What game music or soundtrack always prompts you to want to play the game again?" Mine is the opening theme to Planescape's Torment. That's a good one. Um, hmm. hmm. Game music's a weird one because not much game music really sticks in my mind. Like, yeah, The Witcher Two soundtrack's lovely. Mm. I was thinking about that recently. Um, when I hear that, I tend to just remind me of the. <laughs> I just want to. Let's play uplink now thinking about the music. <laughs> 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 Mass Effect's um, menu music, that kind of... Do, 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 oh, Doom. Doom. Doom's, the first Doom soundtrack is just amazing. Because I used to have that as the ringtone on my phone and I never, ever got sick of it. But I remember getting the original file and trying to convert it and then putting it on my phone and realising it was something like a gig because I converted <laughs> it wrong. But left it on there anyway <laughs> as a gig. Actually, like, thousands of times bigger than the actual game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah exactly. I kind of upscaled it to the highest, yeah. Oh, uh, Max Payne's uh, the cello line. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I can't remember to do it. Um, but yeah, that always makes me want to play it. Yeah, I mean, it's an obvious one, but the Elder Scrolls theme makes me want to play Skyrim. Mm. Um, and I, I watched oh, by accident, because I was sat on the server and couldn't move, um, Pirates of the Caribbean the other day. Oh, yeah. And the main Pirate of the Caribbean theme is a, is a few bars south of Elder Scrolls, most, or at least in terms of jaunty mm. sort of... Danny yeah, Elfman esque. Yeah, the kind of the Dovahkiin theme. The Dovahkiin. Oh, that's Pirate of the Caribbean. I can't actually do one and think of the other. It's impossible. It's like Superman of Star Wars. That was. 
They're like the modern day hackers taking over. That's what I thought. Nice, nice. Weird brain. Yeah. It, in fairness, we all went mental because E3 was on and we yeah, all time-shifted last mental. week. Exactly. So, yeah, it's um, supposed to be a story of our madness. <laughs> yeah, and the bloody screenshots at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. 4 a.m. Um, Mass Effect definitely for me. I, I love the Mass Effect score. Like, mm. uh, but, I mean, I, I guess I can answer Mass Effect to most questions. Uh, the... Uh, what's the orchestra that did that beautiful rendition of Mass Effect? Uh, London Philharmonic Orchestra did Suicide Mission from Mass Effect 2. Yes, that's on Spotify. And yeah. Pushes to that. that's, a that's Yeah, that's like an awesome that. piece of music. Um, yeah. Lots um, of music questions today. Oh, music questions. Mm. It's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Like but we should, I'm always interested in how, like, games are one of these things that keep orchestras in work. Yeah, <laughs> You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, they're used for theatre and a, lot, a few things that are, don't make a huge amount of money, but a jobbing musician... Get the games industry is one of those things that actually keeps those guys going. Mm. It'd be interesting to have a look, a closer look at that world, actually. Yeah, like a bottomless appetite for mm. sort of rousing fans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. No, I have a huge, huge weakness for games with good, good, or even just obvious soundtrack where you kind of have some big refrain that comes back in during action sequences and stuff. Again, Halo actually something mm. really yeah, like about that. Does that very well. Yeah. Okie doke. Peter Meach asks, "How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man?" I'd argue a road that says, walk down this road if you consider yourself to be a man. Depends how long his legs are. What? <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> how long are the man's legs? Uh, Peter. Owen. <laughs> That's like the dragon milk him. thing again. <laughs> also, any issues with the website are this man's fault. <laughs> he designed it. He's our tech guy. Um, 23. 23. 69. <laughs> this is actually episode 69 of the podcast we were is it yeah hey I did that by accident I yeah. don't know again subliminal messaging is another apparently so yeah. apparently yeah great. we've had subliminal messages all the way through this podcast um, the messages it takes you a year to walk down one road then about 12 roads if well if, if exactly. it takes you That's if it takes you 18 years <laughs> if it takes you 18 to 21 years to walk down a road and you start when you're a baby what then you'll Tyrion? probably be a man when you fought finish what if you're Tyrion from Game of Thrones and he's just as long as you it. maybe if you see yourself male um, what <laughs> I think we should move on. Are you bit. talking about Dragon Milk again? No, I was talking about Game of Thrones again. Okay. Uh, okay, fine. Ask the wind, basically. Is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do one more question, then we're going to wrap this up because um, I, I think someone needs to sit episode. down. I, think I, I need a cup of tea. I, yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like my brain's gone off the rails. It's pretty straight. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. All right. Jimmy Gennaro Chisel. <laughs> That's my favourite thing. Yeah, All right. Ian D. Dude Dawson, I don't think D. Dude's his real middle name, asks, Should be. what did you think of The Last of Us E3 demo, which is a PlayStation thing? Oh, yeah. Would you wish it would come to PC, or do you actively avoid console news? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically Watch impossible. out, there's console news coming! Whoa! It's going in my eyes! Stop it, stop it, stop it. Get it out of my ears. Uh, I, th I think, you know, I played... Um, Uncharted, and I appreciate why the Uncharted series is good and why that game's going to be good. But I think, you know, I prefer it to 
in every single every single thing that game would give me, I'd prefer to play maybe Watch Dogs or something else mm-hmm. with a bit more depth. Like, you know, it's cool, but I think it's a very it's a kind of console game where you be you, you don't need the uber depth that I crave when I sit down to play <laughs> yeah. that kind of game. Like I'm happy just to kind of Oh, and you crave the Uber depth. I crave crave <laughs> Uber depth. And that won't have it. It'll have mm. cool choices, it'll have cool cutscenes, it'll have a really interesting story, but you know. No Uber depth. I think that, that looked like a really scripted demo to me. Like there were um, scenes where a guy would go towards a door, and then a bloke with an axe would pop out, and then there'd be a clearly scripted sequence, which would make yeah, it a quick time event. And that's the way they've um, always done it. With the Uncharted, I remember talking to, I used to work on PSM3 magazine, and that guy said to me, if you turn the camera around an extra like four or five degrees when we were showing off that Uncharted demo, this is years ago now, mm. then you would see no- there's nothing there. There's no world there. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, you know, weird that's the kind of way they do demos at least. Yeah, so not, um, not, not at first. I wouldn't say no if it came to the PC. I'm not no, going to ever say not. no. Of course, of course not. I'll have a look. Space for everything. But, but we also, we, no, we don't actively avoid console news because stop it most of it is fairly relevant to the PC at the end of the day as well. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff coming over from consoles and you know minecraft went over to the 360 recently yeah, yeah. there's lots of interesting trade-off between the two we have to keep an eye on everything yeah we have to keep an eye on everything because you never know where the next big thing's going to pop up and to be honest the thing about this e3 was consoles still are the technological benchmark that publishers go for but we're about to see what the next stage of that looks like yeah, and yeah, basically at the moment it looks like a powerful pc so yeah, yeah. indeed mm. i think we should call it an a there an a nay <laughs> <laughs> I can't unsay that. I'll just fall off my chair and <laughs> lie shivering on the floor. We should probably yeah, we should probably call it quits while we're ahead. <laughs> so, uh, so thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks. I've been Chris Thurston. You've been Tom Senior. I've been and still am Tom Senior. Yeah, you remain Tom Senior. I'm still him. As and I remain Owen. Owen Hill. Owen Hill. Bye. 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 <laughs>